Kiss for my wins, I need my ends This life is real, and they pretend They must have been Welcome to the DFS Club podcast. On today's episode, Skywalker DFS gives you all the best plays and advice for today's nine-game NBA slate. Make sure to stay tuned after the episode for Jacob from Pick Management Sports Investment Services' exclusive interview with sports betting legend Nigel Seeley. Nigel talks about his upbringing in sports betting and the future of the American markets. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back. You know who this is, the real one, always 100, Gabriel Skywalker from the DFS Club. Coming to you with the NBA Main Slate video on this Friday night. It's Friday. That's right. It's the weekend. Tomorrow is going to be crazy as far as fantasy sports goes. We got XFL. We got NBA. We got NHL. We got soccer. We got MMA. I mean, my God, I better rest good tonight. So if you're new to the video, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, the votes were counted, and overwhelmingly majority voted for yes for the baby's mama's joke. So I might slip them out a time or two. You never know, all right? Um, so let's get into it. First, we go over the winners, all right? This is www.dfsclub.com, guys. This is our members-only Slack chat, but you're getting a sneak peek behind the curtain because um, we show our winnings because when we say we crush it every day, we do. So these are mine. I got a 304, $125. Got a 318 and a smaller con. I wish I would have done this in the bigger contest, but still, a 318, very nice. Eight bucks there. Um, let's see. This was the Turbo, got a 287, and then NHL, because we play every single sport, won 50 bucks, entered $23. So nice investment. NHL, I'm still undefeated. The record still holds undefeated for February. So an NBA, I've only lost one day. The streak continues. I'm happy about that. And as you all know, let's go see how the members did. Let's do it. Looks like DFS Space has dropped his video. If you guys haven't checked him out, he's got a new channel. Go check him out. Just do a search on the YouTube. I don't have his link, but there's the link right there. All right. So there, that's his new home. So Jake, 099, got a 343. It was Dame time tonight. What I say about Tatum? Right? Cantor. We called it, guys. We, we Christian Wood, right? We, we, we nailed it with these picks today, guys. Um, let's see. Quest had a night too. Won two hundred dollars. Got a three thirty. Very nice. Got a three twenty eight. One sixty. What I tell you all about Booker T. When y'all gonna start listening to me? No, I'm just kidding. Ubre, right? Ubre was my number one pick on the cheat sheet. And ended up being the top scorer. Very nice. Very nice. High five. All right, and he got a two ninety nine, one twenty four bucks, guys. What's happening? You know what I'm saying? I mean, Magic Mike, 
325, a 303, and a 314. This is what we do every single day. Bird Gang, he posted his line in here. He got a 300. I Like everyone else, like myself, I expected a high-scoring night. It wasn't really. So, uh, who's C. Castro got a 338 on Fandle. Um, Nasty Nat got a 357 like the gun. 15 bucks came in fourth. Notice all these players are similar, guys, because we got good, we got very good cheat sheets. All right. You got Ox. $12 single entry, won 125 bucks, got a 327. I did too. I threw, I threw in Goodwin once we got the news that Trey Young was out. And the rest is history. I told you all about Mike Conley. Who else did I tell you all about? Don Maker, right? He went off. And Giants fan. 331, 303, and a 329. Yeah, baby. Got a 321, 125 bucks. And Triple OG with his lineups. Yes, sir. Uh, where's CV Wink at? I know she cashed. There she is. She got a 292, 110 bucks. So, this is what we do every single day, guys. Come check us out. What are you waiting for? It's the weekend, damn it. And we got so many sports going on this weekend. We got XFL both days, NBA both days, NHL both days. I mean, why am I pulling up YouTube? It's just, it's just a habit, all right? www.dfsclub.com. This is how you join us, guys. We got four providers in one. We got pick management exclusive to the DFS Club. We got DFS Space. You got Skywalker DFS. That's me. We just got to upload my new logo. And then the DFS Whispers, you get every single sport, every sport, NFL, XFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, NHL, tennis, NASCAR, soccer, eSports, MMA, WNBA, college sports, guys, Euro League basketball. Click the Join Now button. And make sure you click on my logo, Skywalker DFS. And look at these prices, guys. 25 monthly, $79.99 for six, and the gold plan, 149 for a full year. This one's been really popular lately because you're basically getting six months for free. And then the three-day passes, come check us out, guys. We give you everything. We provide lineups. We do uh, bankroll management. We cover every single fantasy site out there. GPP and cash cheat sheets, guys. These cheat sheets are Freaking fire, all right? And I'm proud of them because I work very hard on them. Uh, members only podcasts, 24-7 tips and advice by the DFS Club. We help you build your own lineups too, right? So you got our lineups, you got the cheat sheets, everybody's sharing info. It's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Um, we have a, a tight-knit uh, family group in here. Pre-lock insight, all the injuries, all that chicanery that happened before lock, right, with the Trey Young news and it was like, holy shit. But it worked out just fine because we adapt, right? That's what we do. And the members only Slack chat, which is what I just showed you guys. This is the DFS Club. You're missing out. Come join us, www.dfsclub.com. And with that said, let's get into it. I don't know if Schroeder will be joining us tonight. Schroeder, I gave him some, uh, but what I give him some, uh, Potatoes au gratin because he eats anything, right? He's a Bengal cat. And when he eats, he just does a crazy around the house. 
And now he got the crazy out. Now he's passed the fuck out right over there. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. So this is Draft Dashboard. $1 for 30 days. Click on the link in the description below. Get this Draft Dashboard, guys. It's only a dollar. All right. The best optimizer on the planet. You get access to all my info, all my watch players, the NBA cheat sheet, guys. Check it out. So let's go over injuries. So Sarge might be back. Kyle Lowry had whiplash or something in his hip. He ate too many fucking hot dogs before the game. And so he hurt his damn hip like a 90-year-old man. So he's out. He killed my turbo lineup, but we were going to take it down. Uh, Gasol is questionable, so that might change things. TJ Warren might be back too. Um, there's my noisy-ass neighbor again pulling the fuck up. Fucking, he always got to boom his music at fucking 12.06 in the morning. Zero respect. Zero. Baines out. Porter Jr. out. Will Barton is out. Egghead is out. My God, but Jeremy Grant is back. Millsack, Millsap is back. Draymond Green is questionable, but they're going against the Lakers, so I don't. I wouldn't go there anyway. Pat Bev out. D'Angelo Russell, I can't believe he's gone. That's crazy, but we don't even know if he's going to play. All right, so let's go to the position optimizer, and I hope Draft Dashboard's not updating right now. Please, okay, good. We're in the clear for now, so let's get to it, guys. The top option here is LeBron James against the Warriors. 10-9, so basically 11K. I Okay spot, I think. Not too shabby. He is $100 cheaper on FanDuel. I ain't got to tell you about LeBron. This is history against the Warriors. I mean, he does what he does. 53 and a 43. Maybe a little mad at him for beating him all those years in the playoffs on every team he's ever played for. The Warriors always beat his ass. Go Warriors. Go Dubs. Um, so, yeah, LeBron James is in play. He's projected to get 55 fantasy points, guys. Get him in there. Booker T, man, he almost – he was going for it, right? And then he sat the whole fourth quarter tonight because of the blowout. And Aiton went out there and totally fucked the dog. Jesus Christ, Aiton. You're the tallest man out there, and you do nothing. That's all right. That's all right. But Devin Booker, I don't like him in this matchup, guys. Against a tough matchup against Denver. He, his record against him, he's never done good against him. So I'm going to pass. But I am going to uh, check out De'Aaron Fox here. I love attacking San Antonio guys with guards. They're ranked 23rd in the league against guards. Darren Fox is on another level this year, 45, 38, and a 62 in his last three. I didn't see what he did tonight, but I heard Sacramento players went off. Usage rate is 35, 37, 38%. Projected to get 40.6 fantasy points. Um, 45, 38, 62, 31, and a 47. So I love Darren Fox, and especially this 8K price range. Love it. Next up, so with, with uh, Kyle Lowry breaking his hip from eating them hot dogs, Fred Van Vliet is almost a lock for me, especially against Brooklyn, ranked 27th in the league against guards. It's not rocket science, all right? 31, 31, 44 in his last three. Against Brooklyn, last time he played him, he got a 56. Let me get comfortable here. A 56. That's that's real shit. Projected to get 37 fantasy points. Get yourself some fat Fred Van Vliet, especially if no Kyle Lowry in the picture. All right. Next up. So, Drew Holiday is in play for me. Um, What's his name? You have to excuse me. My rock star is like, hear that? It's almost empty. 
Cheers. 24-23-24, right? Ingram is out. So I think Drew Holiday will finally have his comeback game here with no Ingram. I think he gets more shots. I think he does his thing. He is 6'7". Um, last year against Indy, 40-35-49. Projected to get 35.8. Um, it's, it's high risk, but I like – I always like New Orleans, guys. You know that. And he's just – he's due. He is just so damn due. So, Drew Holiday, yeah. I, definitely worth a look. GPP only. Am I 100% confident? No. Next up, Reggie Jackson's worth a look. Didn't have the best game today, um, and his price went up. So, he's projected to get 30 fantasy points. Going up against New York. Both these teams pretty much suck equally. So, hopefully it's just competitive. So, you might want to get some pieces of this game. Next up, Malcolm Brogdon at 6'5". Still too cheap. $200 more on FanDuel. Going up against New Orleans. They're ranked 29th in the league, guys, against guards. 40, 29, 33 in his last three. Um, minutes, over 30 minutes a game. Usage rate is through the roof. 27, 25, and 25%. Projected to get 36.9 fantasy points. Malcolm Brogdon, get his ass in your lineups. Next up, Terry Rozier Chocolates. Going up against Dallas. 6-4, and he will be low-owned as he always is. 33-25-20 in his last three. Not so great, right? Minutes, he gets all the minutes in the world. Usage rate's over 20%. However, last time he played Dallas, he got a 51, which kind of intrigues me. Because with me, as you guys know, history is a big thing. And how good are my picks, guys? I'd have to say they're pretty, pretty right on. I might get one or two wrong in a video, but I'd say about 98% of them are pretty, pretty strong. Um... Project to get 32.9. 6-4, Terry Rozier, definitely worth a look. Next up, one of my locks of the slate is Jamal Murray. He's only 6-1. That is way too cheap. $300 cheaper on FanDuel. Going up against Phoenix, ranked 26th in the league against guards. Jamal Murray's upsides, you know, 40, 50 fantasy points. 42-32 in his last two. He played 42 minutes last game. Unbelievable. His usage rate is in the 30s. 32-30%, guys. Last three against Phoenix, 46, 39, and 44. Projected to get 32.3. I think he gets more like 40. Jamal Murray's a lock for me, guys. Lock his ass up in your lineups at 6-1. Who we got next? Y'all see that ridiculous sweatshirt Cam ATL was wearing today? Ah, uh, and someone called, someone called him, told him to change his shirt, and he got all mad. <laughs> He's such a bitch. Uh, anyway, so Spencer Dinwiddie with no Kyrie. Now, I know what you're thinking. He's fucked us the last two times, right? He ain't going to do it a third time, is he? Is he really going to do it a third time? I don't know. At 7-8, worth a GPP look. With no Kyrie, normally you know his upside, 40, 50 fantasy points, right? Going up against Toronto, they play fast. Um, he gets the minutes as long as they're not getting blown out, which they could blow out here. It's the only thing that scares me, but I think Dinwiddie's worth a look in GPPs only, guys. Projected to get 35.3. Next up, I really love this play, is Elf, the Keebler Elf, Alfred Payton, guys. You know I've been on him like my baby mama be on a cheeseburger. 7.5. He should be about 8K, to be honest with you. He's $500 cheaper on FanDuel. 47 and a 58 in his last two. He broke the damn slate last game. 32, 32 minutes. 19, 25 usage rate. Project get 32, 
I say more like 40 to 50 fantasy points. In all honesty, guys, get yourself some Keebler Elf and get them in your lineup, guys. Again, with uh, um, New Orleans, there we go, being uh, stretched a little bit thin. I do love Lonzo Ball, as I do every slate. He is 7-2. He's a very safe play. He's not going to dud on you, right? 36, 36, 48 in his last three. Gets the start. Um, tough matchup against Indy, but they're ranked 11th against guard, so not too bad. He's projected to get 34 fantasy points. Get him in there. Draymond Green might not even play, but I wasn't going to play him anyway against the Lakers. Uh, next, Karis LeVert. So all the naysayers on YouTube are saying it was a fluke. Yeah, I know because I watch everybody else's videos, right? I try and support everybody. Even though I talk shit about some of them, I still support them because they do what I do, right? Karis LeVert, they all said he was, that was a fluke. It wasn't going to happen again. I said the different. I said the totally opposite. I said he's going to show out again, right? And he did. So he's gotten two games in a row, 40 and a 46. Those aren't flukes, guys. Karis LeVert's talented. He just needed the minutes, right? He got 26, 32 minutes the last two games. That's pretty good. He's projecting at 24.3. He's getting between 30 to 40 fantasy points, guys. All right? Especially if Dinwiddie's struggling. Levert's going to steal the show again at 6-3, guys. Get him in there. He's $1,000 cheaper on Fandle. So we do like that. Next up, this man is so due, I don't even know what to tell you. Bruce Brown Jr. He's only 5-2. Got mid-20s in fantasy points again tonight. So not a total dud. You know he's a safe play, right? 5-2 is not bad. Now, if he's in the 6K range, hell no. Uh, $300 cheaper on FanDuel. Projected at 23.7. Against New York, again, I like to get a piece of Detroit's just cheap, guys. And for the most part, they'll get you there. They won't completely dud. I hate when they completely dud. That just irritates me. All right, guys. So let's go to shooting guard. There we go. All right. So off the tops, so we got the DeRozan one. DeMar DeRozan, great matchup against Sacramento. Ranked 26th in the league against shooting guards, guys. And it's the DeRozan one. 44, 49, 38 in his last three. 37, 32, 34 minutes. 25, 36, 37% usage rate. Last three against Sacramento. 44, 34, 39. Projected to get 40 fantasy points. 8-1's a great price for DeRozan and a great matchup. Get him in there. Let's see, who's up next? Who next? Buddy Heald, way too cheap at 5.7. You're getting Buddy Heald under 6K on any slate, roll him out. I know he comes off the bench. That's fine. But we know his upside, right? It's it's up there, and he has yet to have his breakout game. It's coming. Going up against San Antonio, I loved attacking uh, San Antonio with these shooters, man. Uh, 5-7 Buddy Hill is just way too cheap. He, he will go low owned like all Sacramento players do. Um, last three against San Antonio, check this out. 34-41 and a 37. Projected to get 31 fantasy points. So a 50, or excuse me, a 30-point club right here. There you go. I'm telling you, this 30-point club system is the truth. It is the truth. That's how we're winning, guys. I'm giving away my best-kept secret here. Next up, let's see, who do we got? Josh Hart. So we'll see we'll see what happens with this uh, Pelicans rotation, right? 
With Ingram out, who knows? If Josh Hart gets to start, and I know that rhymes, he's only 5'4". He's been getting – he's 30-point club all over, right? 34, 31, 35 in his last three. Very dependable. Um, 24.2 projection projection is 24.2. Sorry, guys. Tongue tied. Um, not too bad, but we'll see if he gets a start. If he gets a start, he's a, he's a lock for me at 5-4. Next up, Joe Harris. I keep telling y'all, 30-point club right here. When Kyrie is out, Joe Harris will get you 30 fantasy points. 33, 27, 33. He's always very low-owned. 22, 27 minutes. They got blown out last game, and he still got 32 fantasy points. Just imagine if he would have played that fourth quarter. Um, going up against Toronto, ranked, he's projected at 23. Um, Joe Harris, guys, stop playing and get this bearded clam in here. Look at that beard. He looked like, look at that. Just just get him in there, guys. Joe Harris is a good value play. So is J.J. Redick. Keep telling y'all about J.J. Redick. Y'all still mad at him about that zero-point game. Uh, he's only 4-1. Great value right here. 400, excuse me, $200 cheaper on Vandal. 27 and 20 in his last two. We'll take it, right? Anything over 25 out of JJ Reddick, I'll take that. I will definitely take it at 4-1. That's what she said. All right. So let's go to, see, I'm going a little fast. Am I going too fast for you guys? Let me know. Small forward. Maybe it's because I'm rushing because I think draft dashboard is just going to start updating and I'm, it's going to fuck everything up. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, first off, I got Paul George here and a great matchup against Minnesota. It should be a bloodbath, right? Because Minnesota is just god-awful. Um, but Paul George is only 8-4. 49, 47, 40 in his last three. On only 25, 31, and 25 minutes. Paul George ain't playing. Last three, like, he's playing, but he ain't playing, like, you know what I'm saying? It's confusing, right? Three against Minnesota. Look at this. 40, 67, 53, 38, and a 41. Projected at 37.3. Um, he doesn't need the minutes, so even if it does blow out and he only gets 25 minutes, he's good for 40 more fantasy points. Get yourself some Paul George. Let's see. Next up, who do we got? Got anybody good? Kyle Kuzma's worth a look against Golden State. Um, he always does well against them. And he could get some extra run due to a blowout, right? Kuzma, 4-9. Good value here. Um, $400 cheaper on FanDuel. Last time I played Golden State, he got a 31. He's projected to get 21.3. Um, has he shaved his head yet so he got rid of that stupid-ass dye job? Someone please let me know. I haven't seen him in a bit, in a minute, so if you're a friend of his, tell him to do something with that hair. That's just awful. And let's see. Moving over, JJ. Damn, we're going fast. All right, so let's go to power forward. What do we always say? Don't you dare be sour. Clap your hands and feel the power. It's a new day. Yes, it is. You guys watch wrestling. You guys know that, all right? Uh, off the top, Anthony Davis is finally 10K. But that's all right. He's got an easy matchup against the Golden State Warriors. Projected at 51.3. Now, if you want to stack him on LeBron, I wouldn't blame you, to be honest. Um, or if you just want to get one or the other, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go Anthony Davis. 10-3, 66, 26, 41 in his last three. Um, 
Last time he played Golden State, he had a 72. Right? That's the amount of, of freaking uh, 12 ounce steaks that my baby's mama ate one time at a buffet. True story. 72 against Golden State. Get him in there, guys. Projected at 51.3. So, bonus. Nope. Porzingis, I'm kind of interested at A7, but. Uh, with a broken nose, he didn't do that well today. Um, I think they restricted his minutes, to be honest with you, and they might do it again. So we'll see. we got to wait on the news. If he's a full run, you know you got to play him at 8-7 because he will get you 60 fantasy points and a good matchup against Charlotte. 37.6, he's projected. Guys, I just don't know about the minutes. All right, so we got to keep our eyes and ears open for that. However, I do love Pascal Siakam Malikam. 8-2, still too cheap. $300 more on FanDuel. Going up against Brooklyn, 50, 35, 46 in his last three games. 39, 27, 35 minutes. His usage rate is really high. 27, 29, and 30. And look what he's done to Brooklyn. 64, 64, 51, 31, 28. I cannot talk tonight. Projected to get 41.1 fantasy points, guys. Pascal Siakam Malikam is the truth. Get him in there. And Ingram looks like he's going to be out, so there you go. Next up, we got LaMarcus Aldridge. Now, we know we call him the magician. You know why we call him that? Because he disappears in the second half. Always has, always will. Last game, it looked like he was going to have a really, like, slate breaking. He had 30-something fantasy points by the half. Then what do you do the second half? I think he got four fantasy points. That's what he does. Very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. He just runs out of gas because he's, you know, he's out of fucking shape. It's got to be it. Why else would you always do so poorly in the second half of the game? I don't know. That's my little Marcus Aldridge rant. But he's 7-1, 43, 14, and a 15 in his last three. For some reason, now he looks at these Sacramento Queens and he must think they're a donut or something because he eats. Check this out. 40, a 62, 38, a 42, and a 41. He loves playing Sacramento. Normally they're tough on power forwards, guys. So I do like this. 36.1 projection. The history's there. Get him in there, guys. At 7-1. Belicius, cheap at 5-5, but play at your own risk. He is in a great position. He should get a lot of minutes, but just hasn't been playing that well. So Belicius is worth consideration. Next up, Christian Wood. Got to play him, right? No drumming, just like last night I told you guys. 6-7, still too cheap. He's going to creep up. Um, $600 more on FanDuel. He's in a great matchup against New York, ranked 22nd in the league against Biggs. Um, he's one of the top scorers tonight. No drumming, right? He's gone. He's out of the picture. So you got to roll with Christian Wood, guys. Him. And we'll get to him in a minute, but you know who I'm going to talk about because I nailed it with that one. But Christian Wood, get him in there because you got Morning Wood. That means it's time to get Christian Wood in your lineups. Next up, we got Jeremy Grant, 5'6", priced very perfectly. Uh, $600 more on Fandle. Phoenix is ranked 16th in the leagues against Power Fours, guys. 31-28 in his last two. Um, gets a ton of minutes, 29 and 45 minutes. Now, he's coming back from an injury, so I don't think he'll be restricted, but we'll see. If he is restricted, do not play this man. If he's got a full run, throw him in there, all right? He's a very safe play. 
Get his ass in there. Absolutely. Next up, so we got to keep our eyes. Again, Melly might be in play. This is a might be. This is just a guess. He might be step up to take over um, for Ingram. He's only 3-4, 25-21 in his last two. If he gets the starter minutes, guys, we know Melly can do his thing, right? I know the man never brushes his hair. He looks like he just walked off the uh, street, you know. Looks like he hasn't showered in 50 days, but if Melly gets a start at 3-4, get him in there, guys. And it'll probably be chalk, unless it's late, announced late, like today. Um, the starters were announced late for, like, uh, um, who was it? Atlanta. There we go. I'm, my, my mind is just a piece of shit tonight. Jesus Christ. Sorry, guys. I do apologize. I think I need another rock star. Um, but Melly's in play, guys. No Ingram. Just wait for the news. He should get a decent run as a backup if he doesn't start. So keep that in your back pocket. Last but not least, Thonmaker. Do I even got to tell you? He's only 3-3. Got over 30 fantasy points tonight. He'll do it again against New York. It's going to be Thonmaker and Christian Wood, guys. I mean, that's it. Put him in and move on. Save some money. And stack up on them guards, small forwards, and throw those two in. Sounds so easy, right? So easy. So let's go to centers, guys. Let's do it. Center. Man, these centers. Always a lot of picks at center, right? The line is just so long, like that unemployment line that my baby mama always be in the back of. Yo kick. Jokic, 78, 70, and 81 in his last three. Big Honey here has a great matchup against Phoenix, too. They're ranked 28th in the league, almost last against centers. Like, you need a reason to play this man, right? Although he could go out there and pull an Aiden on you. Well, you never know, but the way he's been playing, he's getting damn near 70 to 80 points a game right now. But look on FanDuel, like they always do, they price up their centers. He's $1,500 more expensive on FanDuel. Definitely more of a DraftKings play. Um, project to get 50 fantasy points. I wouldn't be surprised if he crushes that. His usage rate, 30, 31, 33%. Get Big Honey in there at 10-2, and then don't even play. All right, so you got to do Christian Wood or Thumb Maker in your utility spot. I don't blame you. Uh, Christian Wood, you can put power forward on uh, Fandle, but... Yeah, Fandle's a whole nother monster. It's just how it is. I wish you were able to play two centers. But it is what it is. Well, it's not my favorite website, but I do play it. Next up, Sergi Baca. If Gasol is out, Biggs against Brooklyn, 6-9. $600 cheaper on Fandle. He does his thing against Brooklyn, guys. Even if he wasn't starting. Look at this, 40, 38, 46, 42 in his last four. 45, 31, 32 in his last three games. 33, 24, 28 minutes. He's been filling in pretty nicely for Gasol. And he's not priced through the roof. He's only 6'9", still under 7K. Projected to get 32.5. You just got to worry about the blowout. It's that It's that simple, guys. It's that simple. So, Sergi Baca, get him in there if Gasol is out again. We went over Wood, Grant, and Melly. Melly Vanelli, and that's going to do it, guys. So, again, Schroeder is knocked out over there. 
So he apologizes in advance. So we will do Schroeder's picks tomorrow. I will be a zombie tomorrow with all the sports we got going. Jeez, MMA, XFL, first thing in the morning, NBA, normal time, no early slate. So that's good. Um, it's going to be a crazy weekend, guys. You need to come join us at the DFS club. It's like a Disneyland for the daily fantasy player because we play everything, everything. All right. So before we get up out of here, you know what time it is. It's time to get you guys a free lineup sponsored by the DFS club. Let's see what we got. Ms. Cleo here doing her thing, as the DFS whispers would say. All right. So they put AD here. It's not bad. This is a really a 30-point club lineup except for Kuzma. Brown. This is with the AD lineup. Let's let's do something here. Let's try something. Let's go Thonmaker, right? This is what I did today. Worked out really nicely. Uh let's see. Christian Wood, 6-7. Okay, now we got now we're talking. Now we got some some money to play with here. Um, Van Vliet's not bad at a starting point for guard. I do. I can't pass on the elf on the shelf. Elf on the shelf. Don't ever. Oh, that scary ass little fucker. Okay, let's see. I went off on a tangent in my previous videos, but that elf on the shelf scares the shit out of me. I don't know how y'all let that thing around your kids. I swear to God, that thing's the devil. Let's see. We can go. You can go, you can go JJ Reddick. I don't feel too bad about that. Let's see. He's been doing his thing, man. Leave, leave poor JJ alone. Let's go Drew Holiday here. We still got plenty of salary to, to play with here. We're only at 46k. Um, so we got Joe Harris at 5-1. That's a safe 30 point play. Let's see if we can do a little bit better. Not that it's a bad play. What if we did, I'm thinking DeRozan or Buddy Heal. We just had Buddy Healed. Let's see if we can fuck around here. Let's do, let's do DeRozan. What do we got? So now we're about maxed out. I like Josh Hart. Okay, here we go. This, this will work. Check this out, guys. So we got Elf Payton, Drew Holiday, the DeRozan one, Christian Wood, Thon Maker, Josh Hart, Karis LeVert, Bruce Brown. So you got one with Anthony Davis, and now you got one with uh, DeRozan. And this is a 30-point, more of a balance lineup, guys. So this one cashes right here. All right. Get it in a GBP. Throw it in there. See what happens. Don't forget, guys, it is the weekend. It's Friday. It's payday. Come join the family. You can't pass up these prices, the content, the family atmosphere, the laughs. Um just the marathon of sports that we do, guys. Everything. Everything. And I'd love to see you guys in there. There's plenty of room for everybody. I always say that, but it's true. I want to, you know what? If we had 10,000 members, I would still call each and every one of you. I talk to my members over the phone. I'm a normal dude, right? I'm a normal person. I'm not in this to get rich. I just wanted to make a community. I got tired of seeing these roto grinders and all them other fools just taking people's money. And they got nothing to show for it. So. You ask my members how we're doing. I, I show you guys how we're doing. So stop playing. www.dfsclub.com. 
come join the family and you can tell all your friends, you know what? I'm a member of the DFS club because it's not just my club. It's not just spaces and pick management. It is your club too. All right, members, you watching? This is your club too. And draft dashboard, guys, don't forget $1 for 30 days. Click on the link in the description below. You yourself can have draft dashboard. All right. So let's get up out of here. It's Friday night. It's payday. Don't get too fucked up tonight. Please don't drink and drive. Um, don't spend all your money either like a drunken redneck on payday. And God bless you. God bless your family. God bless your pets. Make sure you treat your pets very nicely. Um, let's get this bread. Don't take shit from nobody. And to hell with baby's mama. Damn you devil. Send her ass back to hell where she belongs. All right, y'all. So I will see you guys tomorrow. Let's get this weekend money. Let's get it. All right, guys. I'll see you in the live stream. So. Make sure to check out DFSClub.com where you can get four providers for the price of one. Daily advice and lineup construction help from industry pros. Make sure to check out our all-new sports betting section where you can get every play for every sport for as little as $5. Hello, everybody. This is Jacob from Pick Management Sports Investment Services, found only at DFSClub.com. Today we have a really special guest, pro sports better and betting journalist, the UK's Nigel Seeley. Nigel, how are you, sir? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me on. Looking forward to, to doing this quite regularly over the next few months. So it's the first of uh, many, I hope. So thanks very much. And uh, thanks for everyone who's, who's followed me in America and everyone who's got involved in my services. And um, long may our success continue. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so can you tell us a little about your background, how you initially became in betting and, uh, and soccer betting and all that? Uh, well, I mean, I've always been involved in a in a family that is uh, is involved in, in sports betting and betting in this country. And my father was a was a bookmaker. Uh, he was uh, the, the manager of the trading office uh, in Labrooks, which is the, the biggest bookmaker in the UK at the Absolutely. time uh, in the seventies and the eighties. And um, I worked there on as a Saturday boy at fifteen, collecting all the bets, uh, monitoring all the betting action, and and, and helping my, my my dad. And um, we had a big call centre of. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of call operators was in those days you couldn't use the internet so everyone was calling through with their wages and it, and it was it was madness at the time I mean the turnover and the masses and it, and it sort of got me involved in it from a young age um, as a young kid I always remember going to the racetrack with my dad and uh, we used to go to as, as a family to, to, to some of the bigger meetings at Kempton which is a big horse race meeting in, in England uh, over the Christmas period, we used to go there and uh, as a child on Boxing Day, and it was always something I, I knew that I had an interest in. I always liked a flutter with my with my uncles when I used to go to my grandmother's house, and we used to always put in uh, ten pence or like a, a nickel into a uh, into a bet and have one horse, whichever one. And and I usually I usually usually used to win more often than I lost against my uncles when I was ten years old. So I knew I made maybe quite good at this thing so that was what happens and and then I was doing um, my studies at school and um, I was a year into my studies and I was looking for a, for a job and I didn't really know what to do at 17 years of age and in that it was 1990 and in 1990 sports betting in the UK really really exploded it was the time that football betting really really took off and it was challenging horse racing at those time at those days Horse racing, horse racing was 80% of turnover in the UK was on horse racing. Football was about a 5% chance because 
the bookmakers in this country used to limit you to three teams or five teams. You weren't allowed to have a single. It was only parlays of three or five sides. So, um, but then they sort of, live television came in and there was a lot more soccer on the television. There was a younger audience that wanted to get involved in sports betting. And the only newspaper in the UK still now that um, is it's solely focused on gambling is called the Racing Post. And there was a job there um, in 1990s, an office junior uh, on the sports betting division, which was going to open up in 1990. And I went and met the editor and we hit it off instantly. I, I went with a little book of stats. I knew every single Premier League goal scorer. Uh, it wasn't the Premier League, and it was the old first division. I knew every goal scorer. I knew all the results. And it was like um, I just had to bamboozle him with, with, with statistics. And, uh, and, and, and he offered me the job there and then. And I was on um, £5,000 a year. And um, I couldn't believe my luck. I thought this was, the, this was the opportunity I had. And I stayed there for seven years. Uh, and in those seven years, I, I learned so much uh, from people. And the sports editor is a guy called Derek McGovern. And I, I put him down as the biggest inspiration I ever 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 had in my life he was a guy who, who was extremely funny uh great humor and just just very good at his job and and i looked at him as a father figure and it really gave me an opportunity to learn about sports betting and i was right in it from the beginning and we had we, we had good relationships with bookmakers we, we, we you know i had tickets to go to all the football matches which was envy of my friends and i learned so much and that took me up to um to uh, 1997 um, and I started off at 17 as the youngest person in the newspaper. And when I left in, uh, in, in, 2000, uh, sorry, in 1997, I was still the youngest person in the newspaper. So um, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a fascinating ride and a great experience for a young guy. And uh, it, it, then my path went into to bookmaking and I become a, I become a, on all, a, a bookie working for different bookmakers. But that was the, what really got me into my first place, my father and my first job at the Racing Post. Great. Uh, we are here with Nigel Seely, pro soccer better, better journalist. Um, you know, it's funny you say all that. We are. I, I feel that your path is very similar. Right. I am. I'm literally in the middle of going through that right now. I'm actually headed to Costa Rica for two months to launch a new sports book coming up. I'm trying to break in the door in Vegas. I've been trying to do that forever. Um, so you know, it's good to hear, and that's part of the reason we, why we wanted you on, so you can explain how you came up, um, because I know you're a, a lifelong better. Um, I grew up in a betting family too. I remember my grandfather running high stakes pinochle games in the basement while my grandma was making matzo ball soup for all of us, and uh, it was really great. Um, so since you've you know been involved in uh, the UK betting market for so long, um, and now you've crossed over to you know the American markets and whatnot. Um, what would you say is the the biggest differences between the UK market and in America? Um, you know some of the restrictions on the US that um, there aren't in the UK, and how people are you know saying we'll get to that one day. We'll get to that one day with props and um, being able to you, you know bet bet pretty much anything you want. Um, so what what would you say those biggest differences are that you're seeing right now? Well, I think. We, uh, the, what we, the technology we have here at the moment is, is a lot, a lot is light years ahead of the American market. But the, the European influence from the firms over here, the Bet365s, the William Hills, the Paddy Power, the Betfairs are all appearing on in, in Vegas now. So the technology is coming. You'll have apps that we have here that we should, we'll allow you to bet on anything. I think the biggest difference is, is that um, we restrict winners in this country. So if you're a, if you're a pro better and you make money, uh, and we make on our on our on our um, betting 
the services I probably make around about 6% return of, of investment on, on soccer. You, you, it's impossible to get a bet on in this country. So they restrict you. Uh, and I think the American market will not be able to understand that. You know, when the European, there's going to be very, very good, massive positives for you in terms of the European influence is going to happen. You're going to have so many opportunities to bet on so many new things, which is going to open so many doors. And, and, and for someone like me, who provides information on the sports that you, you've not really, or not American sports. It's fantastic for me as a, as, as a business operation. But for you, I think you, it, what, what looks so good is going to come with a, with a problem. And the problem will be if you're successful, you're not going to be able to wager to the size that you expect. I mean, the, you know, the bookmakers in, in Vegas have gone to strip the sports, but you can stand there with, with, with $100,000 and have the bet on the Super Bowl if you wanted to do that. That won't happen when, the, when it comes in. They'll, they'll restrict winners. Um, and I think you're fine. I think at the beginning, when the, the sports books open, there'll be a lot of pro bettors who are over in Europe um, who can't get a wager on will suddenly move to the East Coast and rent property just to get wagers on until the restrictions come in because it's so much beneficial for them. So I think that that's that's one positive and also a negative. Uh, the other thing is I think that um, you have a there's there and I don't mean this in any in any. Um, Disrespect. The, the, the punters in, in, in England, the, the gamblers and betters in England have so much information and technology. And there's so many people out there who, who are good information. There's a lot of people on Twitter. There's a lot of people like myself. So there's so many good stuff that I think the UK market is a little bit more. Uh, it's, it's a little bit more savvy in terms of they don't necessarily bet with their heart. Rather, they bet with their, their, their head rather than their heart. And I think what I found with a lot of American guys who I spoke to, that they, they're so passionate about where they're from. You know, one state is as big as the whole of England. So it's, sure. you know, their passion and their, and their loyalty to their home side is something they've got to have to. If you want to be a pro better, you, you've got no loyalty to anybody. The only loyalty you have is to your bank balance. And um, I think that's one thing that I find with the American guys, that they're, they're so passionate about their team and, and they love it and they, and they, they will, they will, they will bet them and, and without without even thinking about any problems, and I, I think that's I think that's going to have to change. Have to change very quickly if you want to be successful. Sure, um, you know when it comes to some of the things you can bet in the UK and not the US. I live in Connecticut. We don't have betting in Connecticut, not yet. They're they're, they're passing. They're running the bill uh, supposedly next week to approve it. But I, you know, when I have a big bet, um, I have to drive ninety minutes, sometimes more, to be able to put a bet in. Um, that's part of the reason I play offshore. So uh, I'm a little bit more familiar with the things that you can bet in the UK that you can't bet in the US. Um, I play with one of our sponsors, Top Notch Odds. It's a good place, and it's very similar to how things are set up in the UK. Um, there's actually the iGaming conference going on right now in London um, that a, a few of my coworkers are at, which is all the upcoming technologies in sports betting. Um, and there's some really cool stuff coming on um, that the UK already has. And, you know, just the amount of things that you can bet. And some of the information I get, I get from European-based websites. I mean, for soccer, that's that's where I go. It's very hard to find good information in the U.S. on soccer. Um, so you do. You have to really dig in and, and look for sites in Europe to be able to, to handicap better. Um, so I'm always trying to get my buddies to watch Premier League. Uh, it's my favorite league. Um, it's exciting. It's great. Um, is the Premier League your favorite league? And if so, why? It's not. It's not at all. I, I think the Premier League, you know, we say it's the most exciting league in the world. We say it's the most, you know, the, the story is over the years, it's the most competitive league in the world. It truly is. I mean, Liverpool are what twenty-two points clear at the table. They could win the title at the end of February. That's not competitive. 
that's not competitive at all. Um, I think the Spanish league, you know, the top four in Spain, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, quality sides. I think I think that's very very competitive league. I think that the the the, um, the uh, Italian league, obviously Juventus have been superb over the years, but that's now becoming a little bit, a little bit more competitive. Um, I, I my favourite division, I, my where I make most of my money and where the people who subscribe to my services make most money on soccer, is in the lower leagues. Um, the Championship, League One, League Two. I think our record in League One is 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 just it's, it's the strike rate is phenomenal, <laughs> and the reason why is because I I watch a lot more of those leagues. I mean. I have, a, I have a son who's 15, and um, pretty much every weekend we're at a game. Um, and I was a dad that didn't want him to go to the Emirates to watch Arsenal and have a, a nice ice cold Coke, uh, a nice sandwich, and a, and a, and a, and a, and a nice three-course meal at half-time. I wanted him out in the cold with 400 people, freezing, <laughs> watching a game at League sure. 2. With, uh, um, because I think that's what... Football should be about grassroots football. Isn't about 150 pounds a ticket to go and watch the new Tottenham Stadium. It's about your local club where it's seven pounds to go in and watch the game and have a cold, cold cup, a hot cup of tea. So we pretty much go to every single game. And what I've learned in in, in the the two the two things I've really learned is that in the Premier League, if Manchester City play Arsenal, that you know, no, sorry, Manchester City play say uh, Aston Villa, for example. Manchester City could rest five players and the five players coming in make no difference. In League One or League Two, if they have a player, the centre-forward is injured or, or, or the, the captain's injured or the goalkeeper's injured, the player coming in is usually a, an 18-year-old kid who's got no experience. And the bookmakers, because there's no volume and there's not really much bet on it, they don't really change the odds so much. You know, you know if Aguero doesn't play for Manchester City, the odds change hugely. But the thing is, the player coming in is Gabriel Jesus, who's Brazilian international centre forward. It's not like uh, it is in the lower leagues. So I find that the lower leagues, and when I watch the lower leagues, I find that really, if you're in League Two or, or even lower than League Two, there's no real home advantage. I've said this before in recent. I mean, if you've got a game, the, the attendance is 1,200 people. That's no different, you know, and the home advantage and the way advantage. And, and, and the bookmakers sometimes put the home advantage into to too much. There's nothing. There's no gap between probably ten teams in a, in in, the, in League Two. You can put a cigarette paper between a lot of them. Anyone could beat anyone a day. So I think the Premier League now has got three mini leagues. I'm going back to the point of the Premier League. You've got the top five or six who week in week out will beat the, the bottom side. You have a middle table from say, and you have the six at the bottom of the table. And when they play the big teams now, they rest their players. You know, the teams at the bottom of the table, like a team like to say, for example. We'll call Aston Villa again. If they went to Manchester City, they would probably put out a reserve team at Manchester City because the following week they could be playing at home to Norwich and that game is much more important. So the, the days of shocks in the Premier League are long gone. I think we may have had maybe one or two big big shocks over the years. But really, I mean, you're never going to see a Leicester win the Premier League again. That's never going to happen. And you're never going to... You, you, week in, week out. It's just... It's, and it's funny. The top four or five are getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And, and eventually, in time, they'll pull away. But eventually, in time, what will happen is there'll be a European Super League. That will happen. Um, but because of Brexit, I doubt whether many of our teams will be invited. But there you go. Sure. Uh, we are here with soccer betting phenom and betting journalist Nigel Seeley. Uh, Nigel, you recently went on a run of about a 30 days a month uh, without losing a game. Uh, can you tell us either your biggest win or biggest loss? 
Well, I mean, the, that run, that run was, um, we had a lot of draws in that run. We didn't, we didn't actually win sure. every way. Yeah. One of our, not, not one of our selections got beat. So it's, it's, it's we did, we did win. But I mean, we're on a very good run at the moment. I mean, we're on a phenomenal run on the tennis. I mean, the tennis run that we're on this season, I did tennis. Tennis is probably the sport that I would consider I make most money on rather than soccer. But, you know, I'm, I'm a sports better, soccer, tennis and golf. But tennis, if someone, if, if someone said to me, Nigel, what, what, what would I, what would I, would I follow you on? Tennis would be my sport. Um, my biggest ever win as, as an odds, as a, as, as a bet, I backed Danny Willett to win the US Masters, uh, 66 to one. Um, I had a, uh, 200 pound each way on him. So I won what, about 14,000 pounds. Yeah. Um, I won. Um, I, I don't. I don't really play a lot of big odds because the you know I, I, I could probably count on one hand the number of really big price winners I've had because uh, future betting is really not what I do. I mean, I've had a couple of golf successes. I mean, I was lucky. I had a sixty-six to one second or third. My my mine is what I do is is constant feed. It's a constant. It's a it's a it's a it's a return every week, a return every month. You know, and I just play a lot. Where I'm where I really really. Uh, specialising is I like even money shots, especially on tennis and even money shots in football matches. Anything around the even money mark, or, or say plus 10, if I, I would bet them because I make them the favourite. So on a tennis match, there may be 128 games in the first round of a Grand Slam. I'd probably pay four matches. But it's always a player that's one plus $1.10 that should be minus money. And because I think I've got 7% in my favour, and so I, I, I will specialize. That's where I will specialize in more match bets. So really, you know, not I couldn't tell you a huge amount of winning big, big odds ones, but consistently week in and week out. I mean, that sixty-six to one will do it. The thing is, it, it's like um, it's like the way I look at what I do. It's like someone saying to me, if 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 we toss a coin, I'll give you seven dollars. Do you give me five? If, if, you, if you get it right. And that's the little edge I think I have. I think I have that little edge all the time. Now, obviously, he can hit heads 10 times on the spin. But if we toss that coin 10,000 times, I'd make money. And that's what that's what I think. I think I've just got that tiny little edge on the value. And pretty much now with the following that we have, uh, not, my following in, in, in Europe is, 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 not, is, is not big. I mean, I, it, back in five or six years ago, I did a lot of TV work, work. I did a lot of radio work. And I had a lot of following, but the following in America now is so strong that we have so, so many people who who follow us now that our price will always shorten. So we, the the price will always get shorter. So we're beating the book, and that's all you've got to do. If, you know, if you look at what price you the, the odds you bet something at the start of the event, if they're shorter in four days' time when the event starts, ultimately you'll win because you're you're taking a, a percentage off the book. And that in this country is what the bookmakers don't like. They don't like you betting a horse that's five to one. They go that, that even if it doesn't win and it starts two to one, they look at your account and think this guy should warm. This is his sharp money because that odds have come down so low. And I think that's what we what we do. And now with the following, we have so much money volume going into the market that we actually make the we, we move the price, especially on the lower leagues. And I think if we can keep taking those little margins. That's how you make money long term. Sure, sure, absolutely. That's great information. Um, and so for the people out there who are trying to bet on sports or want to be an odds maker or something like that professionally, what would you say the best way to either get into the business um, uh, behind the counter or to really become a professional handicapper sports better? 
I think one thing as a sports better, it's a very lonely business. You know, if, if you're wrong, it's, only, it's you, it's you, it's, you, it's your fault. So, you, you know, you go for a walk, you go down the pub, you do whatever you do, you go to the gym, you take it out on a, on a, on a, on a punch bag, but you're on your own. It, it's, it's your decision. There's no one else to blame, it's your fault. If you have a win, it's still always lonely because you want, you're feeling top of the world and you want to tell everyone, but there's no one there to pat you on the back and say, well done, it's just you. So it's, it's quite a lonely business. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to look at the long term. I think if you're going into betting, if you've got, if if you go back to what I said earlier, if you bet and take the mark, the price, and they get a bit of price, you can have losing runs. But long term, you'll win. That's why I never, ever, ever offer anybody a weekly package or a monthly package on what I do, the service I provide, because anybody can have a bad week, anybody can have a bad month, and it's not worth it. It's it's a long game. But it's, if, you, if you don't make money on the season and you want to do programming and you're, and you're doing nine months of records and you're not making money, then you need to really to probably do something else. So that's what I the long term picture is the thing. We get we react. We, we the, the human reacts to results. You know, he, he, he'll he go ups and downs. It's a roller coaster ride, but it's a long term. If the long term figure is positive at the end of nine months, you're doing something. There's probably 1% of people in the UK, probably in America as well, who make money gambling. The 99% of them will be minus. The 1% or 2% are in positive. And if you're making money, you, you've got a future in this game. So I would take that out. The other thing I think is huge, another thing is, I haven't, over my years, I have I've, I've a very good circle of people. Um, I have experts who I talk to. Now, I, I speak to them about the football. I speak to them about the golf. I speak to them about the tennis. I have people who I respect hugely over, over, over 20 years who I've met who are fellow pro gamblers. And I think there's much information and listening to other people's minds. And, you know, you talk about a game and they'll say, yeah, I, I like that game. Or, and they give the reason and they turn around and say, oh, well, you, you know, that player's not playing and his record without that player is, is set. And, you know, and um, my dad said to me once many years ago, he said, um, in the betting industry, he said, that, and I've used this on Beeson again, it's be a judge of judges. There are so many people who think they are judges. You know, you can meet a guy in the club, oh, I bet so many winners, oh, I'm so good, I'm so good. But it's spotting the one in the crowd that's the judge. And if you have good people around you, good quality people, you can, you can call on about tennis, second opinion on the boxing, a guy you know, who knows about horse racing. If you have good quality of people around you, then you'll be okay. Because however good you are, there's always someone better than you. And that's one thing I've learned. However good you are, there's other people who know a little bit more than you and a little bit more than you. But having good people around you is, is really, really, really key for me. Uh, and, and that takes a long time. You know, you, that, that could take five or six years, maybe even longer to find those good people. But when you've got good people around you, keep them, keep them, keep them there. Because the more opinions you've got and the more sharp opinions telling you what your opinion was right originally, that's good. Especially if you're going through a bad run. Because if you're going through a bad run, which I had, I had a terrible run, on the soccer just before Christmas, terrible one. And you doubt yourself, you, you know, even if you've done it for, you, you think oh, I can't, I, I'm wrong here. But if you have good people around you say, no, you're absolutely right. I agree, it's a great play, I agree with that. That's really, really valuable. Great advice and great information from Nigel Seeley. Uh, Nigel, thanks for coming on. We hope to have you again. No problem, have a great week. Thank you.